Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Bobcast with you, as always, is Bob. Live in the natural lounge, staring at that Ouija boards. How's everybody doing? I don't know when this will air. Um, I'm going to start like uh, doubling up the episodes because I got something in store for the monumental milestone episode, the Bobcast 400. But uh, we got we to gotta give it a little time because... It's just not quite ready yet, you know. It needs more time to cook in there. And once it cooks, then we'll get it going, you know what I mean? We'll get the, the celebration of Jubilee. How you guys doing? Happy Sunday. So basically, I'm in a good mood. Hey, just got done playing in the church band or the worship band or God's band or my new band, whatever you want to call it, the storehouse church band. I really enjoy playing when uh, Steve and Rebecca... Uh, and Steve's in the band all the time. He's the lead singer, but his wife joins in sometimes and she sings with him. And they uh, did the song today. I looked over him at one point and I was like, man, they are killing it, you know? And it just felt so good to be a part of it, you know? It felt good to be a part of um, being in the band, dude. I wore a Kurt Cobain type shirt today. You know, the Jack, or I think it's Jack Johnson, or yeah, Jack Johnson Hi Ho Are You shirt. Nobody said anything, but hey. I was thinking about Kurt today. I don't know how it happened in the last week, but I started watching more videos of him. And I'm old now, you know, I'm not 27 no more, so there's not a lot him and I have in common anymore. You know, he just became a dad and exited the world, you know, and I have a hard time with that sometimes, you know, seeing how beautiful his daughter is, how talented she is, he would have loved it, you know. But I'm also very thankful that I had Kurt Cobain in my life. I'm very thankful that I learned music through his perception or his I should say I learned it through his point of view I don't know what it was about Nirvana when I was just 11 11 years old I was thinking of this the other day like I'm 11 dude I'm not even like in puberty yet but I'm still like a boy slash boy teen or what you know coming into it but dude Nirvana I'll never forget seeing that video I'll never forget seeing Smells Like Teen Spirit and being like because I had seen the A before in the 1980s and the 90s. There was this book called The Anarchist's Cookbook. And if you brought it into school, you would get in trouble for it. It was this book which taught you taught you how to make anything from pipe bombs to, you know, how to get away with this, that, or whatever. There's another Bobcast vocabulary structure. But anyway, I mean, like, in the scheme of things... I completely forgot what I was talking about. Now, KC and the place to be, right? Nirvana taught me one thing, and it didn't. He didn't actually teach me this. It just came over time, you know. And like the thing was that when Kurt played, yes, he practiced a lot, man. He would practice quite a bit, and when you practice a lot, you get real good. You. You're welcome. I was a cyclist, by the way. That's why I didn't say hello right away because I had yielded to him. When you practice a lot, you get real good. You get real good at anything. You put 10,000 hours in, you're on your way, right? But the thing about music is, 
it can be both ways, really. I mean, you could be loose, you could be well rehearsed, but you know what? Sometimes you just you mess up, right? So there's a point today where I, there's a couple things I've messed up, and it's just weird because it's like in the church band we don't have enough time really to practice and to hone in on everything. We only get one rehearsal per gig, and um, yeah, I messed up. And then like in that moment, I start thinking about Kurt and. There's this one time he messes up doing Come As You Are, and you can see this on the Live Tonight sold-out DVD or wherever you watch your stuff, you know, streaming, whatever. Um, but his chords are so out of key that there's no way he can sing Come As You Are to it, so he just goes off the rails and does his own really scary, almost, like, uh, out-of-key version, but it's punk rock, and, like, punk rock is, like, when you you don't care enough about the structure but you I don't know it's like it's I'm almost like as I'm talking I realize I have gotten older because yeah I like to be well rehearsed because then I could be free on stage but at the same time I also like when I'm not really well rehearsed because then I could be more punk rock and free I don't know I just I mean I said a prayer before the thing began I said God there's only 12 notes on the planet that you gave us for the chords that I'm, the notes that I'm going to play today, make each one of them an inspiration to the audience, to myself, to you, you know? And there was a couple hot moments without doubt, you know what I mean? Like, um, we, we just were, you know, rocking out, you know what I mean? And like, um, it's easy to get uh, messed up, you know, in the moment. Um, it's it's uh it used to be real hard for me when I messed up right like I'd mess up something like I remember this one time I probably mentioned this before in the show whatever Joe Rogan does it every week so I'll repeat myself if I have if you haven't heard this before whatever dude but we're playing at the old school um, grape room and the old school grape room back in the day was the one that uh, became club chemistry and over Halloween it was a haunted house it was a big room. And before, like on the big stage, you'd get on there, there'd be a screen that would come down and there, they'd have videos, announcements, stuff like that, and which was really cool for the musician because you had time to like get your, you know, your faculties together back there before the stage would go up, excuse me, the um, screen would go up and then you would begin your, you know, your set for the night. And uh, there's this piece of, uh, we had Action News come one time to film us, right? And like the sound girl, I think it was our first time playing. And the big news story was Downtown Harvest, local band, returns from California, Los Angeles with their first album to perform at Jackson's Local Shots. Yeah! Everybody's excited, right? You know what I mean? Like, um, and, uh, you know, when you play a bass like myself, dude, you got E-A-D-G. You know what I mean? You got four strings, you got maybe a tuner, and you got like a, you know, quarter-inch cable that you plug into and then you're good to go you know what i mean uh you have the easiest instrument to set up but it's also the hardest instrument to play well because if the floor drops out or you drop out the whole band drops out because the bass is really what gets things moving just ask john paul jones so uh the screen goes up at the grape room and we're about to start this song called hurry before worry back in the day dude i had real bad ocd man to the point where it was crippling you know i'm on meds for that now and everything's pretty with it but like Back in the day, I was scared to tune my own guitar because I didn't trust myself enough to get it right. So Tom and my band, Larry Thomas Moore, would tune me up. And this one time, the screen goes up and the song we're playing is Hurry Before Worry. And that song really starts off with me on bass, uh, playing bass chord notes. Um, a G and a D, I believe. And like, dude, it was way off. Like, real bad. So the point where the whole band's looking at me and I'm like... 
I didn't tune it, you know. <laughs> and I realized in that moment definitely that, you know, I had to grow up and tune my own stuff. But Tom, being Tom Moore, and I love Tom, and I will play with Tom again in my life, that's a fact, Jack, is Tom stopped. You know what I mean? Most musicians would not know what to do because he'd start the song and you got to, you know, you got to go wrong. He stopped and he tuned me up real quick, man. It was wild. It was so wild. I couldn't believe it. And then we went into it. But I remembered that like it was yesterday. I, I, I beat myself up over that for not just that whole set that night. I wasn't thinking correctly. Beat myself up for weeks and I was very hard on myself because I, it's just the way I was back then, you know. Somebody said something today to me about um, missing like a, a part of a song. I thought about the Grape Room Screed at that moment. And someone kept repeating themselves. And I just let it, you know, come over me. And then, of course, I messed that part up with the song because we talked about it so much. And the punk rock ethic had been thrown out the window. But here's the thing that I'm happy to report. I've moved on. Forgive the person for that comment. And I generally have been having a great time forgiving. Right? It really will set you free if you got some, some nasty shit in your past. What's up, man? How are you? Good. Nice. Nice to talk to you too, bro. Oh yeah, I was talking to the guy who just walked by me, staring at me. So yeah, I, in the beginning of like my spiritual reawake, well, <laughs> my spiritual reawakening, I was very judgmental of patrons of a religious institution, right? I had this thing where it was like, dude, I can't join this group unless everybody is on the level. Everybody's on my a uh, conscious way of thinking. Everybody's looking at the world through the same eyes. And this was a naive thing that I did for years, dude. Years. I would, I, I, would, I would apply the principle of the old school strand of Christmas lights. One goes out, the whole thing goes out, you know? There's just no way that you could have one bulb out and then have the others twinkling. But now I've learned to adapt and I've learned to understand that people are different, man. My therapist, she rocks, dude. I've been going to therapy to her consecutively since um, right after COVID. So it's almost been three years that I've been with her. And she's, she's wonderful because she really has set me down a, a good path of being like, their shit is not your shit. And if you're somebody like myself who is doused with empathy like it's like almost like you wake up and you feel the weight of the world on your back and you don't know what to do with it because you gotta go to work and you really can't do a bunch of altruistic things to alleviate that pressure you know so I try to talk to people I try to say hello to everyone I see in the hallway I try to still be an altruistic person you know I still try to understand that people are cut differently and when someone hurts my feelings it's not it's their shit it's not my you know what I mean because I don't do that to others, you know? And if I have in the past and you're listening to this and you're saying, um, you know, hypocrite, hit me up. Let me know what I did so I can apologize to you in person. Which leads me to uh, something that was told to me over the weekend. I was celebrating um, my boy Ricky Flicky's 49th birthday. He's a neighbor of mine and I've known him for a real, almost 10 years now, really. And the thing about him, Rick is he's full of life like he's got so much life his eyes got that like uh well he's German which has nothing really to do with it but it's like he's got these like beautiful like 
deep porcelain eyes that, you know, that can stare right through you. So I like to stare at people. He stares at me. He reminds me of the energy of John the Baptist that was portrayed in film. I'm not sure if the, uh, the book actually talks about his crazy personality, but from what I had gathered, John the Baptist was an individual. And I tend to gravitate towards individuals because the individual will give you an experience unlike the followers of, you know, everyone else, the social norm people who just are boring. It's like, look, I love you too, but i rather hang with these guys. So Friday night rolls around. They're, we're seeing if we can go out with some folks and uh, Teresa's making the text through the neighborhood and we get to Rick's wife, Ashley. And they tell us they're going to Chili's. I want my baby back, baby back. You know what I'm saying, that John? I haven't been to Chili's in forever. And uh, Teresa was like, they want to know if we want to go. And you probably don't want to go because she knows that I get old and cranky. And I was like, you know what? I do want to go. I want to go with Ricky Flicky. Because he's got like some great energy, right? So we go, right? Didn't really eat much that day. So you know how the story's going. Uh, we sit at the bar. I decide not to get an IPA. I decide, let me get a Miller Lite, you know? I get a Miller Lite, pay my tab. We're about to go seat, take a seat. But remember this. Uh, Rick's daughter came up and she's like, I want to show you Temple now. And he's like, all right. And he buys it. Then we go to the seat, right? Then we have a great dinner. I hadn't been to Chili's in a long time. I got the most gluttonous cheeseburger ever. It was so gluttonous. Like, oh, man, I'm still kind of paying for it right now on Sunday. And this was Friday, right? So we have a couple more drinks. Right before dinner comes, I order a shot of chilled Patron. Maybe not the best idea, but hey, we did it. It's his birthday, right? We're having a great time. And then we start to talk about, you know, you know, we start to imbibe and we talk about, like, church because we all go to Storehouse Church, right? And, uh... I was telling them that I was going to play in the church band today, and they were excited, and they're like, "Yeah, man, you're just you know you're on fire up there." And I want you know like you've come such a long way, and I'm like, "I know." And then Ashley says to me, "Like, do you recall like we were doing something years ago, and somehow another God got brought in up, and you said me, Bob Cahill said to them, it don't matter anyway because God is dead.'" Dude, it stopped me in my tracks. Like, I, and like, we, I, I, I mean, I felt like I was even more drunk just from hearing that because I was disappointed in myself. And it also reminded me of that dumb punk rock ethic thing that I was applying in the wrong aspects of my life, especially when it comes to God, Jesus Christ. You know what I mean? Like, naive yeah I mean I've said it twice now in this pod I was very naive about the way I saw the world because things were taken from me and I wanted revenge for it and I wasn't really living in the now I was more living in the past and when you do that it's easy to get swept away swept away into anger swept away into all the negative aspects of life Pastor Jen was talking today at church about um this movie Inside Out, which I've never seen, which I'm stoked to, to watch finally. Talking about emotions and how like our emotions are always at, you know, our heartstrings. They're always, you know, ready to replace the other. Then, like, what emotion do you associate with the most? For me, I think it's like it's always been like an act of um, being able to relate or, or uh, empathy. Really, it's just. It's just been there since the, the the beginning, you know? 
even before I um, knew who Kurt Cobain was and I read the, you know, the suicide note with so many other people that ended with peace, love, and empathy, Kurt Cobain. I didn't even know what empathy meant then. I think that was the first time I looked it up. And I was shocked, you know what I mean? I was just like, oh, man, dude, like... I still don't know if I've ever really gotten over it, to be honest with you. You know, it's just a moment that just was tragic, but also very defining for me in my life, you know? There was this show called Six Feet Under that came out years ago on HBO. And towards the end of the... Towards the end of the... Um, Somebody was just taking a photograph of me. And then, like, as I stopped to look, I was about to pose. They moved the camera away. Creepy. But, hey, here we are together in this world. It's Sunday, so Bill's Mills doesn't sound that loud. Dude, what was I talking about? But, yeah, I, I, generally, I think it's important to understand that the Christmas lights, the strand of lights, they can go out. And guess what? You can do... A bunch of different things. One, you could replace it, right? Or you could get a new strand. Or you could do something else. You know what I mean? Church has been talking a lot about Sabbaths, right? Today's the Sabbath Sunday, right? So there's nobody down here at Bells Mills, and there's really nobody on the trail, even though there's no parking spots, which is bizarre. Because where is everybody? I just circled, like, you know, pretty large property there. So uh, I'm going to let this lady uh, pass first. Talking about Sabbath and talking about like how you like chill out and like if you, for all y'all that don't know what that is, it's like God, you know, created the earth in six days and on the seventh day he took a rest. It's like what they say up in Genesis, that book in the Bible, okay? So it makes sense that you should reserve Sunday for a holy day. Chick-fil-A got it going on, they know. You know what I mean? They've known since the get-go. We ain't working on Sunday, right? To some so to some degree you need to find some form of relaxation or as Pastor Jen said today while Pastor Tasha took a break as she writes her um, a, a car almost hit me hold on one sec the Lord have yes thank you her dissertation paper very interesting how um, I believe it's how Gen Z reacts sorry I just stopped and waved it was my uh I used to work at the Plymouth Meeting Friends School, and the first person I ever worked with, her name was Holly. And she was a... Uh, ooh, thank you very much. I appreciate you. This guy just yielded and almost got into an accident. I really got to... I wish people would just yield. I don't want to just cause an accident. I feel like I'm going to cause an accident at Bells Mills. It'll be on tape. I don't know who's waving, but I am the president out here. El Presidente of Valley Green. The Fairmont Parks, you know he's potting. You know he's out there doing his thing. Living it and doing it and doing it right. Yeah, it's so pretty out here right now. I got like a heavy layer on the top, but I'm still rocking them shorts. Oh, nothing quite like a little short break, you know? But yeah, I feel great. Um... Yeah, I love playing in the church band. I am going to write my own stuff, and I'm going to start my own worship band. You want to get in? Go ahead. Give me a call. Text me. Whatever you want to do. You want to yell? Somebody left a bag of poop right there, dude. Come on. How do you bag the poop, but then leave the poop? You know what I mean? Like, talk about, like, doing things ass backwards. Literally, I mean, you left the poop. I think I know this person up here. 
If I do, I'm going to let the tape run because that's the way things go here on the Bobcast. I might have repeated myself on last week's episode, but, you know, what are you going to do about it? You know what I'm saying? How you doing? Hi. How are you? Uh, Very friendly. Very friendly people right there. You know, it's nice when you come across these friendly, friendly people. So, yeah, my spiritual occupation today, I just want to chat about it real quick. You know, it feels good doing that stuff. You know what I mean? I don't want to do my job no more, dude. I really don't. I want to entertain. I want to be able to use the Holy Spirit to activate. You know what I mean? Like I, I somebody said to me, I said Holy Spirit activate, and somebody was like, "Are you not feeling well?" And I'm like, "Nah, dude. I'm just trying to f- feel the vibes even more." You know? If you can feel the vibes strong, it means you're doing something right. Pastor Jen's talking about yes, Sabbath and how to chill and how to relax, right? On Sunday, some people can't do it on Sunday because they got to work, especially if you're in retail. Not Chick-fil-A, like I said, though. Here's the deal. I used to work at Nordstrom. I had to work on Sunday until like 7.30. There was no Sabbath to be had. But now in my old age, guess what? You boy Sabbaths every day. Oh, the fact that I'm talking to God every day. I'm talking to Jesus every day. The fact that I'm exercising every day. Lifting weights. Praying. Taking my vitamins. I'm like Hulk Hogan, dude, in the year 2023. Not really, I ain't big like that, you know what I'm saying? But like, I do feel good when I'm healthy, you know what I mean? I don't. And, um, whew, that was a, I just got a death stare, man. It's so bad when you're out here in the woods and like you're a male and there's a younger, attractive looking female walking by you. I wish I could just be like, I'm an angel. I, or I shouldn't, I'm just a nice dude, you know? Like, it's gotta suck to feel that type of like negative energy, you know? How do you deal with negative vibes? I used to shut down, you know what I mean, and go into a temporal loom. I would not be able to scale my emo- I would I would be able to identify I was angry, but then I would just snap, and I, I would never, I would never come out of it. You know what I mean? Like I just wouldn't. But now I I feel with the assistance of both medications, therapy, podcasting, and a good job. Things are, uh, you know, a little bit better. How you guys doing? Good. What's up? So, I want to talk about something I haven't talked about in a long time, dude. Pop culture. I, dude, I, it's very rare that I watch something, like, over and over again. Or that I can stay awake for the whole thing. But the Loki series finale was a couple nights ago. And, look, I followed that story since the get-go. And I think that Loki's set design, script writing, special effects, all of it's top-notch. But the series finale, spoilers ahead, you just turn me off and cancel me right now if you haven't seen it. Um, how you doing? How are you? Hey, buddy. So, like, basically, this show was killer and had a great story arc. Story of redemption, a villain becoming the hero, and I, it's one of my favorite things. And then I really, really, really feel entertained by time loops and I'm thinking that I need to write a a screenplay that involves a time loop because when there's a time loop case in point being films like Source Code Edge of Darkness and the series finale of Loki dude I am enamored I am like seven years old with my son my son was watching it with me for the first time we both watch it together and uh, there's a couple moments where I got super excited you know especially in the beginning there's this part where they drop a Disco Inferno, I think it is. 
and uh, Loki's got to like start repeating himself and going back and forth to try to do stuff. But the thing that got me at the end was how close this story reflects religious stories of the Bible. And, you know, what's the greatest thing you could do for your loved ones? To lay down your life for them. And that's what the series finale does. I won't tell you about it, but I can say that the last five, ten minutes, I just loved it, dude. I loved it. I loved the idea of somebody bad turning good. And, like, in the world we created in the last, you know, five, seven years, we were getting canceled left and right, people, right? Some people are still canceled. They've done deplorable things, and yes, maybe they ask for redemption, but that's the part of the story that's not really talked about in the news. You got this God who will forgive you. I mean, there's some stuff that's terrible, and you will have, like, a mortal sin attached to it, you know what I mean? Don't be a jerk, you know what I'm saying? Don't be like that. Just don't. But I loved Loki. I loved his story. I loved... The actor, Hiddleston, just nails it. He has so much range with all this emotion in his eyes and face. And then, you know, I was dealing with uh, a pretty wicked hangover on uh, Saturday. How y'all doing? Hi. Cute dogs? Thank you, thank you. Mm-hmm. Hey, buddy. Um, yeah, a hangover, man. I had a hangover from multiple different things. The Chili's burger wasn't a good idea. The tequila wasn't a good idea. And, uh, yeah, I watched Loki. And then after that, I was like, you know, I'm going to clean a little bit. And then I realized, no, I'm going to have to lay back down because I had been up since 5. And when I laid down, I was like, you know what, I'm going to Sabbath it out right here. So then I downloaded um, The Killer, David Fincher's new film. And for those who have been listening to the show a long time, you know Seven's one of my all-time favorite films. You know I love David Fincher because his stuff is just so... Right, let me put it this way The Killer If it was made by any other direct- director Could be hokey Could be um, Uneven Could be A ridiculous story One thing that's um, Was told to me When I started writing screenplays Almost 12 years ago When I was taking the class They said you know voiceover is really Frowned upon here in the industry And I'm like really dude Because some of the best films Include voiceover In fact some of them Include more than one voiceover, like Goodfellas, for instance, right? You get to hear the character's thoughts because as a screenplay writer, you're never allowed to actually write what the character's feeling unless you do VO, you know? You can't in your action lines, which aren't dialogue, be like, Bob's thinking about the time that he didn't have his bass guitar tuned at the grape room. You can do that in the VO and be like, as I get on stage and realize I'm about to make another error, I recall the time in the year 2002 where I played the wrong note in Maniunk. Historical Maniunk. It's getting a little windy. I'm glad I wore my jacket. But yeah, I love Fincher. Love the killer. Faustin Benda, I think that's how you say his name. I don't know. But hey, Michael, he was killer. (laughs) No pun intended. Pun, yes. Tended. Great movie. Suspenseful. When you make something suspenseful, like a thriller suspense, and you're not using blood, gore, violence, monsters, that's what gets me going, dude. Seven was like that kind of. There was some, excuse me, intense, intense graphic stuff happening there. But like, excuse me, I'm burping. I don't want to get the hiccups. You ever have that? This is how you know my podcast is real. I'm fighting the hiccups right now. 
for you. For all time, always, no burping on the Bob cast. But I really enjoyed it. Hey, Don. How you doing, man? Good looking dog. Another golden retrieve. We got a lot of people up here, a lot of dogs. A lot of stuff happening. So with that being said, by the way, you need to chill. Because guess what? I'm not going anywhere. This podcast is ending. And this is the format. Until episode 400, there'll be two in one. So with that being said, let's get on to the next Bobcast. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Bobcast with you as always is Bob, live in the lounge, stand at the Ouija boats, 61 degrees out here at Valley Green, left work a little early to get a hike in before we lose the sun forever, can't stand daylight savings time, I know it's a boring topic, everyone's like, yeah, 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 but dude, I just, you know what I mean, I enjoy the sun, and like getting done work with no sunlight, there's no hiking to be had. You know what I mean? I can go to the gym. It's great, whatever, you know, but I got to get out of here and talk to my peoples. You know what I mean? <laughs> I guess I could totally podcast at home, but I'll be straight honest with you. There is still the element of excitement when I do this. Like when I walk up the hill, I know I'm about to begin the podcast. Sometimes I think about what I'm going to talk about. Sometimes I don't. Today, I really didn't talk to myself much on the way up because I was dealing with some work issues. Just, you know... I really can't talk about it, but I mean, like, the thing is, is, like, your job, you know? Hey, (laughs) how many of you listeners like your job? How many of you enjoy putting in the 40 hours a week? If you do, please message me and tell me, like, what you do, you know, and and why you love it. I'm just curious because, you know, I mean, I, I, I like what I do, but... I feel like I spend too much time there, if that makes sense, you know? Like, my job is very specifically tailored for, like, gig events, you know? I should just show up for the gigs, you know what I mean? Like, I have such an issue with being idle. I'm really bad at it, you know? Like, I'm just bad at chilling, if that makes sense, or... or slacking off, or relaxing, or quietly unquitting, or whatever you want to call it. I like doing stuff, man. I also like to talk to people, you know? I love uh, engaging in conversation. So case in point, I had to go to uh, an elementary school today, and the elementary schools are a little bit old, you know what I mean? Like, they were built, like, in 1956, 1963, maybe. And uh, I think I mentioned to you all in the Bobcast, you know, the urge, the te- like, hey, how are you? The urge the teachers have to like, like you can't leave if you got to pee or poop. You know what I mean? Like you can't get up in the middle of class and say, "Hey kids, I gotta take a shit. I'll be right back." It ain't gonna happen. You know what I mean? It ain't gonna happen. And uh, oh, what was I thinking about? That lady's sunglasses just threw me off my mark. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. So I go to this elementary school and like, <laughs> I'm like, I gotta, I gotta pee. You know what I mean? So I'm like, um. I made the mistake once of like using like uh, the boys room. Never do that. It's just creepy. You know what I mean? The boys rooms for the boys, 
girls are for girls. One time I couldn't find the bathroom. I had to pee real bad, you know? And, like, I could tell when the boy walked in, he was like, what's this man with the ponytail doing here? So I always look for the faculty, right? So today I look for the faculty, toilet, shitter, whatever you want to call it. Man, my ears are popping. And uh, it's, like, in this back room with, like, three doors and then this tiny little wooden door that looks like it was built in, like, by elves at Santa Claus's workshop or something, you know what I mean? And it's so close to this lady. And uh, she just seemed like, you know, the type of person I'd like to engage in conversation with because sometimes you just know when someone like, yo, you gab, I gab, let's go gab. So like basically in a nutshell, like um, I had to pee. So I go in there, I pee, wash my hands, come out. And uh, I, I'm smiling and, and I sit around, I'm like, I was like, so you get to hear that all day long? And she was like, I know, it's so weird. And we went into the story about like during like the pandemic when you couldn't all use that bathroom. So certain people were assigned bathrooms to use, you know. It's really funny, man, if you think about it. Like we spend a lot of time pooping and urinating and we don't talk about it. I'm not going to go into a <laughs> pooping and urinating podcast, but you know what I mean? Like I saw somebody that I work with today. I think he has IBS or something like that, but he was like running to the bathroom. I felt so bad for him, you know? So yeah, I used the bathroom and, uh, you know, we start making jokes and just engaging in conversation. I introduced myself. They introduced themselves, you know? And I was thinking to myself, like, what if you're somebody, like I am fortunate to have that element in my job that I'm at various different places during the day. You know, I can do anything really you know what i mean like it's pretty sweet but the best part about it is to engage in conversation with others to see others to my friend carter said to me once that um you're really good at making people feel comfortable i wish there was a job for that dude you know what i mean because i'd love to be able i like breaking the ice you know the icebreaker whatever you want to call it the champion oh here comes a guy with a camera Maybe I'll talk to him, see what happens here, you know, on the Bobcast. You get any good photos? Uh, no, not yet. Nothing today? Uh, what do you, what type of stuff do you I shoot? Come up here. You want to plug yourself? I do a podcast. You do art? Uh, privately. Private. That's good. Sometimes it's best to do art privately. I hike privately. I do lots of different things, but you have a nice day, sir. Thanks for stopping to talk. Yeah. Weird. Not weird. I mean, I, it's weird when someone, like, reminds you that you can still do things privately. You know what I mean? Like, everything now is online, social media. You know what I mean? Like, everybody knows what you're doing. You know, you can't post a photograph of your kid with pizza without 100 people chiming in. In the beginning, it was fun, man. The dopamine click of it all being like, oh, some people like me, you know, but after a while, it became very obvious to me that it was nothing more than just a strange way to boost one's ego and to, I don't know, to like, there's a lot of virtue signaling and like, that's a term I heard last night on television. And I've heard this term before, but like I heard it last night and I haven't heard it in a while. And I was thinking about the culture. Like there's this movie, Talk to Me, kind of explores like that whole voyeuristic 
aspect to the youth of America, youth of the world, really, to not all the world, because there is some different cultural norms and social behaviors in other areas of this planet called Earth. But I do believe that it is strange that people would rather film something than help someone in need. You know, somebody get hit by a car or something, and you see somebody whip out the phone, it's like, it's weird, man. You know, it's like, and it's also really strange for a kid, a 43-year-old kid who grew up when the cameras were large, you would use um, various different types of tape to record with. Super 8 um, was a go-to for my brother and I, lo-fi cool stereo sound, you know, and then things all went digital, you know, towards the end of the the decade and the Y2K bug was like, let's go, baby. Let's change reality forever. Oh, man. I wish you can go back and just opt out, you know, because it is wonderful, right? You can look up stuff. You can podcast in the woods. You could post that podcast that evening. These were things that were, <laughs> you could, if you went back in time and explained to somebody, yo, this, that, or whatever is going to happen in a few years, and you're going to be able to to research the, everything in the whole wide world of uh, neuroscience. You'll be able to put your brain to work. You'll be able to become a master. I mean, there even is masterclass.com or something like that where you can learn from the experts. I mean, if you could, t- if you told me when I was 13 that I could take a masterclass in comedy with Jim Carrey. And, and watch them privately, using the word, in my room at any time I want it. It wouldn't be like, I got to be home at 8 o'clock because the Lost finale's on. The luxury of being able to entertain yourself at any moment. Do you have gratitude for it? Are you one of my young Bobcast listeners? Do you understand how weird that is, dude? So weird that we're able to do these things. It's an element that I really enjoy. It's um, it's fun to podcast out here in the woods. Been double stacking them, slowing down a little bit before we get to the milestone 400 episode. You hear, dude? Oh, that's weird, man. That's scary weird. I just walked off the path. You probably heard me. I could have sworn I heard somebody running behind me with this. Up oh, here comes some people on the trail. Maybe sound traveled in the wrong way. Say hello to them real quick, hey? Hey, Don. I stay for a walk. Yeah. Top of the morning to you, Governor. I sound like the, one of those dudes, didn't I? I've been reading um, Evan Alexander's sequel to the book Proof of Heaven. Uh, the sequel book is called Map of Heaven. And it's not necessarily what I thought it would be. When you know you say map, the geography guy comes out. I love geography, by the way. There was a time where I could name all the countries within the continent and Africa and Europe. I loved to memorize shapes, you know, this, that, or whatever. I coincidentally, dude, I post it. We'll get to that in a bit, but this, that, or whatever is something I've been saying unknowingly for years, dude. Had no clue. So. What was I saying? Man, I'm getting old. Need to get some ginkgo bolivias up in me. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) 
Yeah, so this near-death experience book, right? NDE is what they call it. The Map of Heaven. It wasn't a map, right? But it was more or less, he writes this book, Proof of Heaven. Everyone loves it. They love him so much. They want to share their experiences with him. So they send in letters. And in some cases, he, um, you know, he copies them and puts them in italic so you could read them too as well. And then follows up with a paragraph or two about how this affected him and how it affected the... Um, the fan who wrote in and there was like there's just one story that really stood out to me and it was like something i haven't spoken about here on the on the podcast in a long time okay like so the kid has a like a near-death experience he gets into a tragic car accident you know he's on death's door he ain't gonna make it all of the organs are failing it's all bad and the family never leaves his side they stay vigil for the whole time they say that's extremely important as well. I was blessed to do that for my friend Angus Richardson last summer when he felt ill. And I do believe that the power of prayer during those moments will totally change the outcome. You're like Loki, the God. I shouldn't say that because it's sacrilege, but you all know what I'm talking about if you're a Marvel fan. So this kid, it's just bad. They don't know what's going on. He's got something similar to what the author suffered from, a bacteria meningitis, which attacks the body at all angles. It literally is eating you alive. They say that the pain is horrendous. Uh, the author's pain started with a back sore that progressively got worse. This kid was young, you know, and he, and um, they have no idea why it happened. The parents were devastated. They put him in self, um, self-induced comas to stop brain swelling, all sorts of different things. But he eventually woke up, right? And when he woke up, he wasn't himself like he used to be. Obviously, he had some elements of his body that were paralyzed. He really couldn't leave the hospital. And the parents were just broken, as any parent would be, because it's just a terrible thing to witness, experience. So the mom brings in Eben's book, Proof of Heaven, the original one. And she asked her son, would you like me to read some? And he said, yes. And then after a while, he asked his mom to stop because the emotions were too high. He, could, he, couldn't, he couldn't fathom, you know, what, he couldn't fathom his life ending, you know? Like, it's, it's terrifying, especially if you're a young man, like, you know, a young girl or a young they, like, it's horrifying, really. You know, it's the most horrifying, I guess, right? But if you have, like, something like proof of heaven in your hands, you have a book, from a neuroscience scientist who basically details one of the most craziest stories you ever can read. It's got like all sorts of sections of heaven listed in it. It's wild, you know what I mean? Kid eventually um, gets released from the hospital. He survives the bacteria meningitis, but his organs and everything else about him, are, it's just failing, you know? Like he went through some hardcore stuff. And eventually, even as he was recovering, he's still recovering. And then in 20, like 10 or something like that, he uh, fell ill to SARS, actually, here in the United States. And he died. And then afterwards, uh, his mom, his mom, his mom, like, you know, had a real hard time with the death. And she held on to her son's ashes for a long period of time. And then that's when it started to happen. The sinker, excuse me, 
synchronization of certain elements of the mom's life. For instance, she kept seeing the same um, monmouth, I can't, I forget the name of the butterfly, monmouth butterfly. In Proof of Heaven, the book, there's a big twist which, which re revolves around a butterfly. So she thought it was strange that this butterfly, you know, kept showing up. And the odd thing about that, excuse me, specific breed of fly, butter, is that they travel in packs. They're never alone. And every day without fail, this butterfly would show up, you know what I mean? Then other synchronization things start happening where she kept seeing the numbers 1111, 444, 555, like all sorts of different things. Um, and I've experienced that in my life so much. And it's just something, I'm sorry for the long-winded introduction to this, but I want you to understand because it really opened my eyes up to a lot of different things is that like when you think about the like proof of heaven, right? Heaven, heaven here on earth, it's like almost like the synchronization, the 1111, the 444 for me, PM that I see constantly. It's an element of the universe like that is looking back at you, you know, like um, an element of pure deja vu, excuse me, deja vu, what other types of things? I mean, obviously the butterfly. Um, there was this, okay, so I'm in Valley Green. And as you know, if you're a listener, my friend Brian Letterman, we had a, he passed away in 2013 and they didn't have a typical funeral because of the nature of his death, how sad it was. So us, myself, I organized um, a vigil here for him. I just started working at the friend school. So I felt like I could, bring some of that element into Brian's funeral and have people share stories about how much this guy affected him, them, or, you know, how much they loved him. And then some people brought gifts and we buried them in the ground here. But before we buried everything, I asked everyone to hold hands in a circle and to pray. You know, I felt necessary to pray at that time. We prayed and we kept it going. And I think we opened it up to anybody who wanted to give praise to Letterman. There's this moment, right, where a squirrel falls out of the tree. We're in prayer, right? And it's up 50, 55, a lot of feet, you know what I'm saying? Like a lot of feet. And um, we're down here at Bells, you know what I'm saying? So it's going to get loud. So the squirrel, right, falls to its death, and I break the... I don't break the circle, but I, I continue to hold hands, but I look up and I look over towards that way, you know? And dude, it, it happened, like, if I recall, like, on the beat of, like, something that somebody was saying about Brian's, like, squirrely personality or, like, how he was able to, you know, adapt, get in and out of, like, situations. Like, Brian was, like, the epitome of fake it till you make it. Dude, share the road, Mr. F-250. God, driving way too fast up in here. But yeah, I miss Brian, you know, I miss my grandma. I miss all the people who have passed away early in life, you know? Yep, you should have yielded. You didn't yield. You didn't yield. You didn't yield. You didn't yield. Y'all didn't yield. How do you think that makes me feel?
synchronization, heaven here on earth, right? Just reminders that you are a part of the universe and God loves you. You know what I mean? Like, what are we doing here? Going to our jobs and like, you know, working a couple hours a day and equivalating it to 40 or 50 a week and getting a check, blowing the check on grocery stores, blowing the check on things you don't really need. Look at your bank account constantly because you don't know if you're going to make it. You don't know if you're going to have a good Christmas. You don't know if it's going to be the best day of your life ever. You just don't know because cash rules everything around me. Cream, get the money. Dollar, dollar bill, y'all. So that's how I feel. You know, I, I just feel compelled to tell you all that there is good news out there. You know what I'm saying? You open yourself up to God and Jesus Christ. You're going to have yourself a real good time with things because you're going to see things a little bit more clear. Be kind to people. Take care of one another. Love one another. That's where I'm at right now in my life, you know? And uh, it feels pretty good to embrace it. And not, like, mock it, you know? I think we talked at the beginning here, the beginning of this podcast, about a time in my life when I said God doesn't exist to somebody that's a neighbor of mine. Dude, I still think about that, you know? Like, you know the part in the Bible where... um, um is it Paul? I think it's Paul. Yeah, Paul Paul denies Christ three different times, you know? And there's like this like um, moment between them where it's like, I see, I told you so, you know what I mean? That's how I feel about it, you know? I told you so. Also, too, it's really hard for people to believe in something they can't hold in their hands. It's very difficult for somebody... I mean, I guess some people believe in their cell phone more than they believe in the actual God, the living God. That NDA, excuse me, near-death experience book all talked about their experiences that for, for those who had gone to the afterlife, feeling like the amount of love there was enough that you didn't really want to come back here. But, um, I mean, there's this one part where, uh, this one, another letter where a kid... There's a girl, she gets in a car accident. She just got her license. Uh, I think a drunk driver hit her, right? And she was going to die, you know what I mean? And she said she had a conversation with Jesus. And Jesus was like, do you want to stay or do you want to go? She said she wanted to go back. There's this other story, man, about a girl who is, um, I guess, like a marathon swimmer, you know? And she wanted to swim this frozen lake. I know, whatever. But... She said that, you know, she had trained for this, you know, was prepared to go, you know, full steam on this baby. You know what I'm saying? And what happened was she didn't like, she messed up some one little part. And then she realized she was in trouble because she was too far away from the other ice hole to come back up for oxygen. It's cold. And she tells this story about how slowly and surely she knows she's in trouble. And the next thing you know, she's a hundred feet in the air, looking down at the ice, looking down at the water, seeing the body, you know, like through the ice and then having a moment of ascension and then a moment of getting there to heaven. Another conversation. This time it's with the man himself or the woman himself or dude, just call him G-O-D. G-O-D is like, yeah, do you want to stay? Do you want to go? She says, I want to go back. And then the weird thing is, is like the way she describes how she came back. She, she said that like, she felt like her, her subconsciousness and her consciousness slipped back onto her head, almost like a hat. And, uh, dude, that got me, you know what I mean? I was like, Oh yeah, dude, that sounds, 
it sounds wild because, you know, I mean, your consciousness, your soul, dude, your, even your ego, all those things, you realize how powerful they are? You know what I mean? Extremely powerful. Hey, Doma, what's your shirt say? Playing Pluto? Uh, I don't know, I played a flute or something. Uh, you play flute? Yeah, try. Yeah? Yeah. When did you start playing flute? I'm doing a podcast if you want to introduce yourself. Oh, hey, I'm Ben. Hey, Ben. Well, I played when I was young. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then like seven years ago, I, so I started again. That's weird. I'm a musician too. I talk a lot about like, you know, um, on my show, how adults feel like after a certain point that they uh, don't want to learn no more. You know what I mean? Uh, like they're like, yeah, they're well, like I've given up. I started doing it because I, I started meditating. And I remembered enjoying playing when I was young and then said, ah, I'm going to really just focus on it. So what's that meditation? Oh, the, I just like a mindfulness meditation. Mm-hmm. I also meditate. I took a class. Um, the listeners out there know, but during the pandemic, I, are you familiar with the Sopranos? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So sure. M- Michael Imperioli, who, uh, perf- uh, he was Christopher Moltisante yeah, yeah. in the show. He taught a free online. Oh, he nice. teaches every Sunday too, a free online uh, meditation class from the perspective of Buddhism, but something about the the dichotomy of Christopher Moltisanti t- teaching me how to like meditate. It, I was more able to sink into it more. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, at some point it comes down to sitting and sitting, but it, you need the hook, you know? How long do you like to meditate for? Uh, Say your name again one more time, sir. Ben. ben. How long do you like to meditate uh, for? Somewhere between 20 and 45 minutes. Man, you got that going on. Can I ask you another question, Ben? If you're in a rush, it's no problem. Do you uh, have you ever tried a sensory deprivation tank? I have. Yeah, me too. Wow, right? So I mean, I I find it with that like the meditation just comes so naturally when you can get your heartbeat so low. What do you do uh, to meditate? Like, what's your setup, Ben? Uh, I have a few different things I do. I mean, I'll just sit like the first sit and just like. I say watch my breathing, do that. But uh, sometimes I'll put on like ambient bird sounds or mm-hmm. music-wise, I'll put on like a a drone just mm-hmm. to uh, yeah, a little sound. Yeah. Matter of fact, I you know we're still recording, but let me pop on here on the Spotify because I was actually just listening to this last night. I heard it from um, he's a neuroscientist. His name is uh, Andrew Huberman. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And from, he, uh, yes, yeah, Huberman. Yeah something podcast so i can't play because we're recording but the name of the track is weightless by marconi union and it's the ambient zone album do you have your phone on you 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 should download this song because this song apparently is at the perfect um frequency the resonance of the hertz and everything is like and i listen to it every day and i can tell you it, it puts you in a meditative state just like that yeah i mean then i'll do like guided meditations if my mind is like i'm really like you know, say it fucked up. <laughs> like, you know, I just need to have like an extra guidance and then sometimes just out in nature, just sit and, you know. Yeah, that's where I come here, man. I love coming here and I love connecting with nature. I mean, I, I go up to the statue and then yeah, like, you know, I try to meditate there. there. It's, I come here during weekdays because nobody's like up in here, but how you doing, man? Good. Yeah, you meditate too? Bob. Yeah, I'm Bob too, but the name of my show is called the Bobcast. I'm on Spotify. 
Bobcast. Yeah, yeah. I'm the originator of it, but I appreciate talking to you both of you guys. Well, here's an interesting yeah, anecdote. When I was meditating, mm -hmm. used to go to an ashram up uh, near the community center on Germantown Avenue, and the people had all these made-up names for like Govinda and Hapsikaka and all the stuff that the guru gave them. And so they could never remember my plain, ordinary name, Bob. <laughs> and they would always say, what's your name? So I started telling them my name was Bob with two O's. Oh, that's a good yeah. idea, actually. And they would always have this look on their face that said, that fool, his name is Boob. But I would see them months later with hundreds of people up in uh, this uh, someplace out there. Mm -hmm. uh, you can figure it out where it is, but I forgot already, uh, in the Catskills. And they would say, hi, Bob. And I always appreciate it. It resonated. It's, it's funny, it's funny you say that with Ben, Bob, and Bob. You go by Bob or yeah, Rob? Robert. Robert. Okay. For the longest time on the show, we have 398 episodes. I've talked about this numerous times that my name is Bob, not Rob. My boss calls me Rob. And like, I just, I feel like smacking him and be like, dude, like it's Bob. Because if you notice, if you notice, in life, and yeah. you said you go by Bob first, right? Yeah. Take a look at the two of us. What do you see in common here, Ben? Uh, oh, we got this. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yes, we're laid back individuals. We're back. we're laid back. Robs don't walk like we do. Don't talk like we do. And I'm sorry if your name's Rob out there and you listen to the show. I'm sorry, but this is me. They they kind of are a little bit stiff. You know what I mean? They don't like to enjoy life. They're definitely not meditating. Rob houses and all that. Maybe it's something psychological to go. Dude, I believe in all that stuff. Did you get the information there? Did you find so it, subtle, Ben? Though. I mean, the mind's so big and all the crap that goes on, and it's so much subtlety. And subtlety is like where it's at. Well, thanks for your interest. Oh, of course, I mean, yeah. I, mean, I could stand here and jibber-jabber all day, but I'll yeah. just go on your podcast. Yes, the Bobcast. It's a photograph of me. understand it. Nobody should understand it. I'm sorry. I think we had audio cut out there for a minute, but we're oh, back. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um Sometimes, like, it's best to not know everything, right? No, In today's no. digital age, everyone's like, let's find it all out. Yeah. I'm not trying to figure it out. I'm not one of them guys that's got to figure everything out. You're not Rob. Not, what? Yeah, absolutely <laughs> not, man. Nah, man. Sweet. Bob all right, listen. Here's what we're going to do. Yeah, we're all going to be here tomorrow, same time, all right? Really? I don't want to know your names. I don't want to know your numbers, but I'll see you here tomorrow. Same time. What time? Hit me up, Ben. All right, it's good to see you. I do know. It is 318. Remember. Remember. Oh, I, no, I'm a fast walker talker, so I'll talk to you, though, Rob. I appreciate y'all coming on the show. Later, buddy. So that was fun. That was a nice interaction right there because uh, Thursday it'll be on. Yes, Thursday is at 318. See you, Rob. So, yeah, dude, fun stuff when you talk to people, but that guy right there I felt so bad for. I'm glad that we talked to him because I've seen him out here before. It's just it's just our name, the Bobcast. All right, buddy. Well, it's your name. You got it. <laughs> so yeah, I I've seen him out here before, and uh, he's definitely intoxicated or like walking strangely. I feel bad for him. He's saying my name over and over again right now as I walk fast away from him. I'm not walking away from him. I shouldn't say that. I, 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 I just feel like he did not want to go. Dude, he's still saying it right now. I could hear him. He's way back there. But, um, yeah, the audio cut out, so I don't know how much you heard of that. 
because I was showing Ben, who was really cool. I like Ben. It's fun. I also like the fact that, dude, like, I don't, when I interview people, it's great when they give me their name, but I don't feel compelled to be like, hey, let me get your name and number. Let me, you know, can I look you up sometime? You know, like, I, I'm good. You know, I'm good. He'll find me and that'll be fun. You know what I mean? I got the worst cotton mouth right now. I feel like I've been talking nonstop, pushing over 30. It's going to be a nice little chunky episode for y'all. You know what I mean? Let me know uh, feedback. If you like it being an hour again, I can, you know, keep that. Or if you like the short little guys, huh? you like the shorties? Or do you like the classic hoagies? Huh? I don't even like Wawa no more, dude. I had Wawa a couple of weeks ago. And dude, I used to love it. But like, I, I don't know what it is. I've been eating that superfood, the organic, um, perfect protein bars. And like, dude, it's just, it's great. It's healthy. Clears you out real nice. Uh, I tried to get a Wawa. My go-to Wawa was the classic wheat, tuna salad, lettuce, onions, and sweet peppers. A little bit of salt and pepper. Not too much now, huh? And uh, I bit into it, and I was like, you know what? I don't think I'm going to do this no more. Because at a time in my life, I remember distinctly the gluttonous aspect of getting drunk and then going to Wawa. If you're a Pennsylvanian and you live around here, you know what I'm talking about. You go to Wawa and you press, 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 press in, you know? And what happens is, is you get a classic, you get some chips, maybe you get yourself a, you know, green tea with 35 grams of sugar in it. And then you eat it all and then you wake up and you feel like shit. And you feel like shit because you ate that food. Not because of the alcohol you drank, but I just remember my youth distinctly. So many people at 2 a.m. at Wawa. It'd be funny to have a TV show that just focuses on that. People drunk late night. I was also thinking about starting a new podcast. I'm going to check the domain names for it first, but basically what it would be is I would put out an advertisement about my query, which would be, tell me about, tell me about the time you quit a job and you took things maybe a little bit too far. There's always stories like that. There's always stories of people being like, and he did this, and he did that. It's wild, right? But yeah, we covered a lot of ground today, dude. I got the worst cop mouth going on right now from the chit-chat. I usually have a piece of gum parked in my mouth to keep it going, but my allergies have been bad. I'm super happy that you guys came back again. I'm super happy that you guys continue to support me by listening, by texting, by just being present in this uh, weird digital interface we've created together. That being said, my name is Robert Patrick James Cahill, and this has been another episode of, you guessed it, The Podcast. Lady, y'all, be good to each other. Peace and love.